Uh, welcome back to Subject to Cross. For this episode, I'm your host, and Caroline Donato is the co-host. I'm just sitting here like a potted plant. So uh, we're just going to talk quickly, and uh, I don't really want to uh, get too political here, but um, there are recent harbingers. Are you impressed at the use of that word? My eyes just glazed over. Thank you. Do you do you know what a harbinger is? Yes. Okay. Um, from the uh, Supreme Court. But do Court, the listeners know what a harbinger is? Basically, indicators of what's uh, what's coming down the pike, right? Okay. Um, from the Supreme Court um, that impact what I think as a uh, as you know um, the public takes for granted. Um, certain protections that are afforded to criminal defendants that may not be um, so safe. Now, this article that was shared with us by one of our partners um, from Slate, I'm not familiar with Slate, and frankly, reading this article, there is a little bit of, uh, of there's obviously a political slant, but there's also uh, uh, a bit of a chicken little um, you know, like the sky is falling uh, uh, undertone. But I can see the concerns. The article is published, as I say, from Slate, uh, October 4th, 2023. The title is, The Supreme Court's Right Flank is Laying Groundwork to Dismantle Defendant Rights. Um, and the upshot is they go through um, multiple areas um, which I'll touch upon, um, protections that have been established in this country for quite a long time uh, through uh, Supreme Court, prior Supreme Court uh, case law, which we call stare decisis. That's the last time I speak Latin on this episode. Um, that now um, that there is a, uh, a conservative majority, I think they call it a supermajority, in the Supreme Court that they may be looking to um, revisit. Um, and there's a quote, there's one part of this article that I really enjoyed. Um, but the article starts with, quote, precedent plays an important role in promoting stability and even-handedness, end quote. Who said that, Caroline? I didn't read this, so can Chief I guess? Justice Scalia? No, oh. Chief Justice John oh, Roberts. Oh, no, Chief Justice. At his 2005 confirmation hearing. Uh, further, quote, I do think the considerations about the courts legitimacy are critically important, end quote. In other words, not upsetting the apple cart in terms of stare decisis. That's what he said in 2005. Whether he still believes that or not, uh, or whether he's... Uh, you know, whether the supermajority believes it is definitely into question. Um, this article, again, this is from obviously a, 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 a one perspective. Roberts and his five conservative colleagues have thumbed their noses at judicial precedent by overturning Roe. That's the um, Roe v. Wade. Everybody knows that. And by overturning four Supreme Court decisions that upheld affirmative action in college admissions. So those are unrelated, obviously, to criminal defense, but they're talking about how they've, you know, uh, kind of ignored uh, prior cases. This is the part I liked, although it is a little bit inflammatory. inflammatory. Employing an unholy triad of disrespect for judicial precedent, 
originalism and magical thinking. <laughs> That's the unholy triad. Disrespect for judicial precedent, originalism, and magical thinking. Thomas, Kavanaugh, Alito, Gorsuch, uh, uh, Coney, Barrett, and Roberts are signaling in their dissents, majority opinions, and concurrences a willingness to overrule landmark Supreme Court decisions that establish basic constitutional protections in our criminal justice system. So this article believes, uh, based upon, again, um, either, it, and, and the way a Supreme, or where any appellate court opinion works is there's a majority opinion, which is the opinion. Um, there can be concurring opinions, which is we agree with the result, we agree with the decision, but for different reasons. Or there can be dissenting opinions where they disagree. Mm -hmm. um, so um, what they're doing is they're culling from either um, the majority opinions of, of these justices, uh, concurring opinions or dissenting opinions, um, their belief in this article, and they, they do make a case for it, that these certain um, protections, which we believe, uh, I, I think, intuitively are sacrosanct for criminal defendants, may not be. Miranda warnings. In 2000, then Chief Justice William Rehnquist, a conservative's conservative, uh, writing in Dickerson versus United States, declined to overrule Miranda because, I said it again, stare decisis weighs heavily against overruling it now. S Judge Scalia, joined by Justice Thomas, dissented. Quote, I am not convinced by petitioner's argument that Miranda should be preserved because the decision occupies a special place in the public's consciousness, end quote. Um, and then they talk about how uh, Alito in 2022, along with five conservative uh, uh, justices, questioned the constitutionality of Miranda. They talk about how Judge Kavanaugh called for narrowing the scope of Miranda in a 2017 speech. And Judge Coney Barrett has labeled the Miranda warning extra constitutional and an abuse of judicial power. Whoa. So they're talking about originalism, right? They're talking about what's in the Constitution and what's outside of the Constitution. And, you know, these activist courts have added Miranda. Um, this isn't their words, mine, but this is put the, when they talk about the unholy triad, this is calling upon originalism to. Um, do away with Miranda warnings. Now everybody knows, they've watched the TV shows, Miranda warnings are, you gotta be advised of your right to remain silent and your right to counsel, that you don't have to talk to the police. And what these judges are saying is, no, you don't gotta do that That's anymore. not in the Fifth Amendment. Yeah, you don't gotta do that. That's um, not in the Fourteenth Amendment. The prohibition on warrantless searches and the exclusionary rule. Well, that would be horrible. So when Caroline <laughs> and I talk about suppression, <laughs> Suppression You're is, gonna be out of a job. <laughs> suppression is if the police get something in a way that offends the Constitution, you can't use it. Um, that's fair, right, listeners? Like you know, they they barge into your house without a search warrant, and they find you know a bag of uh, of cocaine. Yeah, okay, you can't use it. You can't you can't um, you violated the Fourth Amendment. You're not allowed to use that that uh, incriminating evidence. Not so apparently, according to this article. As recently as 2018, Justice Alito questioned the prohibition on warrantless searches in Collins versus Virginia. Alito dissented, asserting that whether a search is unreasonable under the Fourth Amendment depends upon, quote, the degree of intrusion on privacy, unquote. In his view, 
a vehicle parked on private property is no different from a vehicle parked on public street. In that case, they went into the back of a car parked in a driveway without a warrant and found incriminating evidence. He's saying, ah, it's just like it's parked on a public street. So just to, to split that hair a little bit, the exclusionary rule when it comes to your property, there's two ways, or to com- when it comes to property or some, something that you have a privacy interest in, and that's when the police need a warrant to get it or an exception to the warrant requirement, like exigency, it's going to be destroyed, um, or voluntariness in producing it by the person who holds that property interest or that privacy interest. But there's two ways of looking at it. There's the privacy interest, um, and there's the property interest. Property has a trespassery analysis, which is firmly rooted in the Constitution, according to Justice, the late Justice Scalia. And then the privacy interest, that's the one that's in the 1900s. What was that? Cats? I'm just like pulling on law school. You can make it up. But that was in the, it was the phone booth. That's where the expectation of privacy came about and was, um, that's where the Fourth Amendment extended to a place where a person was talking in a phone booth, but the police were seizing his words from listening into the call. And they were saying, well, you don't have a property interest in that phone booth. But he said, I have an expectation of privacy in the phone booth, meriting or requiring the police to have a warrant to seize my conversations. So that's where the Fourth Amendment split off to the interest in uh, privacy. So this is a really interesting component um, that they're now starting to question that. Well, what they're questioning specifically is the exclusionary rule. So I guess you can violate the Constitution, uh, but there's nowhere within the Constitution according to Justice Alito in a 2015 interview with Bill Crystal, um, that uh, mandates that they can't use the evidence. So, well, so then what's like the point it, of the right, Constitution? It's kind of like there's, there's no remedy. So it's like you viol- the police violate the Constitution. There's a Constitution. The police violate it. So what is what he's saying? Here's the quote from the 2015 interview. If you look in the Constitution, there's nothing in the Constitution about the exclusionary rule. The Fourth Amendment says no unreasonable search and seizures, but that's it. So where did this come from? Is it legitimate? Uh, again, <laughs> originalism. Um, the right to state-appointed counsel and the right to effective assistance of counsel. Um, um, in 2019, in Garza v. Uh, Idaho, Justice Thomas, joined by Gorsuch, asserted that a defendant's right to state-appointed competent counsel is not guaranteed by the Constitution. Um, and that's the Sixth Amendment? The Sixth Amendment. He has in his quote, the Sixth Amendment provides that, quote, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. That provision, as originally understood and ratified, meant only that a defendant had a right to employ counsel or to use volunteered services of counsel. Yet the court has read the Constitution to require not only a right to counsel at taxpayers' expense, but a right to effective counsel, because little available evidence suggests that this reading is correct. As an original matter, the court should tread carefully before extending our precedents in this area. <laughs> um, the right of the public to observe jury selection in criminal trials, eh, eh, to me, I don't really care about that. Uh, the right to a jury pool that reflects the community. Um, in 2010, Justice Thomas invited the court to revisit the fair cross-section right in the case of uh, Berg, Berghaus versus Smith. So basically, a fair cross-section is you're entitled to a jury of your peers, um, and that's being called into question. Um, 
the right to exercise bias-free peremptory challenges. So that's Batson versus Kentucky, where in that case, the, the defense was able to establish that the prosecution was using what are called their peremptory challenges, where the challenges, they don't have to give a reason to strike jurors, to uniformly strike African-American um, uh, jurors when the defendant was African-American. Um, and again, they cite to a case where Justice Thomas, of all people, um, in his dissent, joined by Gorsuch, um, Gorsuch would limit that. And this is the quote. Jeez. Much of the court's opinion is a pion to Batson versus Kentucky, which requires that a duly convicted criminal go free because a jury juror was arguably deprived of his right to serve on the jury. That rule was suspect when it was announced, and I'm even less confident of it today. The more fundamental problem is Batson itself. So here's my problem with that quote. How can a juror, how can a defendant be duly convicted when he didn't have a fair trial? Exactly. Um, cruel and unusual punishment, they say, is uh, is <laughs> under uh, uh, attack. The Eighth Amendment bars not only those punishments that are quote barbaric end quote, but also that are that are excessive. And uh, they're talking about uh, an originalism approach, where <laughs> Justice Thomas asserted that only torture is prohibited by the Eighth Amendment. And this is in the context of, uh, of life imprisonment and or death penalties for juveniles. But you know it is in full tact. What? The Second oh. Amendment. All right, so now you're getting political. I'm not. Yeah. You just mentioned Justice Thomas. Justice Thomas, all, I'm litigating this right now to the benefit of a client, of, of a client um, whose firearms were, were taken away for a nonsensical reason, truly. And this is a very responsible person, by the way. Um, but it's state, New York, again, dyslexic, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. It's a 2022 case that Justice Thomas authored, and it is historically tying the Second Amendment to any other you know, prohibition of firearms, making sure that protected people under the Second Amendment don't lose the right to bear arms and trying to f make sure that the states don't limit who protected people are unnecessarily. I actually, there's some really good reasoning to that one, but it's just in a world of a, a very scary um, people possessing firearms. But, you know, the Fourth Amendment is... Uh, it sounds like the Fourth Amendment is getting challenged. The Sixth fifth, Amendment. Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment, Eighth, Eighth Amendment, Amendment. Uh, by virtue of all that, the Fourteenth mm -hmm. Amendment. But the Second Amendment is in full force. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's thought-provoking. Um, again, I, it's, I, I do not um, minimize the fact that this article definitely comes from one political spectrum. But uh, it's hard to, uh, to argue with the the reading uh, of the tea leaves uh, based upon the language of those concurring, dissenting, and majority opinions and interviews. The tea leaves are Pete and I might not have a job. Well, our job will be a hell of a lot more difficult, that's for sure. All right, that's it for this episode of Subject to Cross because we have a meeting in two minutes. Send us your questions by email, subject to cross at com. Bye. Bye-bye. Signing off.